Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. In a pandemic, medical illustrators made science accessible. With lots of research, arrows, and an inviting color palette, artists helped transform complex research into useful information. By Sarah Harrison. When Jennifer Fairman started to work on drawing the SARS-CoV-2 virus, she wanted to make it more accessible. She said, when you look at the virus, it's really beautiful. The geometry of it is beautiful. Jennifer is a medical illustrator who works with some big old institutions like the National Institutes of Health, Harvard Medical School, and the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. She said, I think I wanted to just highlight that. So she chose to paint in blues and greens and purples, colors that would intrigue people. Veronica Falconieri-Hayes is an illustrator who works for companies like Genentech and researchers at Oxford University. And when she was designing images for Scientific American, she took a different approach. She envisioned the virus's eponymous spiky crown as a fiery orange, like the corona around the sun. She said that was mostly just an artistic decision. Since the beginning of this COVID-19 pandemic, illustrators have been working hard to create images that help teach scientists and us lay people about how the virus works and how to take precautions to avoid it. There are images of the SARS-CoV-2 virus itself and depictions of how it wreaks havoc on the lungs and diagrams of those freaky nasal swabs they use for testing and how they extend like 40 miles up into your sinus cavity. Some of the images are for illustrating specific research advances. Others try to educate the public. But behind all of these drawings are people who combine scientific expertise with artistic flair. Fairman says it's such a hidden field. It's in front of people every day, but people don't think about it. But even if they don't notice it, medical illustrations are common. They're everywhere. Medical journals, textbooks, public health pamphlets, everyday publications like newspapers and magazines. Jeff Day says many people ask, why don't you just have a photograph? Jeff's an illustrator who actually teaches at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. And he says, but with an illustration, you have much more control. 
See, illustrators can decide what's important to emphasize and which details might crowd the image and make it difficult to read. And some things are just too tiny or too difficult to capture clearly with a regular camera. Turns out it's pretty difficult to take a picture of that swab going up someone's nose and into their sinuses. Illustrators actually use their artsy-fartsy tools to do more than just create beautiful pictures. Fairman says if you're not teaching anything, then there's nothing of value. So, by carefully framing a specific protein or system, or by employing eye-catching shades and contrasting colors, illustrators use pictures to tell a story. Their diagrams might teach a medical student how to perform an appendectomy by walking them through step-by-step, step, or they might illuminate recent research on the structure of the coronavirus's spike protein. And nowadays, more and more illustrators can use 3D models and animation to bring these images and processes to life. Telling those stories can require a huge amount of research, especially if the image is of a brand new discovery. Remember Veronica Falconieri-Hayes? Well, she specializes in molecular and cellular images, and she'll consult with researchers, dive into scientific literature, and just pour through databases of protein structures before she even begins to create her renderings. For instance, with subjects like the SARS-CoV-2 virus, she'll put together research from structural biologists and microbiologists. She said a lot of the time individual scientists will only work on one piece or aspect of the virus, like the binding site on the virus's membrane or how it replicates. So to create a full picture of the virus, she'll have to bring all the information together from several different research groups and images taken with different technologies like electron microscope or x-ray crystallography. And she says things that are so small that we have to look at them in special ways and no one way gives you the whole story. I'm coming in and piecing all those pieces together to create what we think is the whole story. But even with all that scientific research, there is still some room for artistic freedom. Illustrators follow some standard ideas about color based on what's generally true in nature, like veins are always blue and arteries are always shown as red. But the microscopic structures inside cells are smaller than the wavelengths that create visible light. So that means they don't even have their own color. So there isn't a standard color code for them. Falconieri Hayes loves it. She says, the great thing about molecules is that they're too small to have color, so I get to pick anything. And she'll do her best to be as accurate as possible, but she says, accurate is a moving target. After she finished her illustration for SARS-CoV-2 for Scientific American in mid-May, for example, researchers uncovered more details about the virus. She says, if I were to do the illustration again, it would reflect the new science, like the flexibility of the spike protein stem and the organization of the RNA and protein inside the virus. That's the great thing about medical and scientific illustration. Because science is never done, my job is never done. A lot of times, illustrators do have to decide when to sacrifice accuracy in favor of making an image that explains a concept more clearly. Alan Hoofring says, if a researcher is talking about this particular place in a protein as a binding site, of course we're going to be accurate. Alan is a lead medical illustrator at the National Institutes of Health Office of Research Services. But if the illustration is supposed to emphasize something else instead of that specific site, Hoofring might simplify that part of the image. He might substitute a general shape for the protein and the binding location rather than trying to copy them in intricate detail. And that's because other parts of the information design could be more important. 
And like with other examples, if an illustrator is trying to show how SARS-CoV-2 binds to a lung cell, enters it, and starts reproducing, it's important to make sure viewers can follow that process clearly. And so, in this case, top priority would be making the chronology clear. Medical illustration is just all about putting arrows in the right spot. Hoofring jokes. And how much information they put in each image depends a lot on who the image is for. Like an image of DNA that doesn't show the correct number of base pairs might not be exactly accurate, but it might be enough to get the point across to someone who isn't an expert in genetics. It's a judgment call, says Joanne Muller. She's the president of the Association of Medical Illustrators. You don't want anything that's untruthful. It has to be correct. But you don't necessarily have to tell them everything about everything because that's confusing. Now, that's not the same as making mistakes, and there are a few common errors that are huge pet peeves among illustrators. Sometimes brains are drawn backwards, with the brain stem and frontal lobe facing the wrong way, or knee and elbow joints that are depicted bending in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh my god, my arm! There are bladders shown as being half full, even though the bladder doesn't actually hold any air, and spoiler alert, the bladder just expands as it collects more urine. And then there's the industry's number one complaint. Can you guess what it is? DNA that twists left instead of right. Falconieri Hayes says backwards DNA always gets me. Those kind of details, yeah, they seem small, but as more and more scientific topics like CRISPR and vaccines and COVID-19 come up in pop culture and politics, it's more and more important that the public has access to accurate information that they can understand. It's a really interesting time to be involved in science illustration because more complex science is becoming more relevant in everyday life, says Maya Kostman. Maya makes illustrations for the Innovative Genomics Institute at the University of California, Berkeley, and she uses COVID-19 as an example. People want to understand how it was created and researched and tested, but just making a report from the Food and Drug Administration public, that's not enough to answer people's questions. She says, how is someone going to interpret that? It's very hard, and it's becoming more and more important for it to be an understandable concept. When Kostman and her colleagues took on rendering the SARS-CoV-2 virus, they wanted to get viewers intrigued and curious about the virus, but they also didn't want to make the images look trivial or cartoonish. So they chose to use a rounded font to label their illustrations so they might look less formal and scientific and seem more approachable. She says the main goal was to create interest in the biology of the virus. During the pandemic, Fairman has been grateful to be able to help demystify the virus. She remembers sitting at her desk after the terrorist attacks on 9-11 and feeling like her design and drawing skills were totally useless. Now, she says, we're in a pandemic where it's the same kind of thing, where people are dying as we speak, and yet I feel like I'm needed more than ever. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.